Welcome to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about retirement. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Retirement Pilot. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. As always, we appreciate it. And uh, I'm here with Steve Hoover. As usual, Steve, buddy, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Mark? I'm hanging in there. Uh, anything new since the last time I talked to you? Things going okay? Everything's going fine. Came through the summer, and now we're just heading into the fall and finally getting some cool weather, so we're we're feeling pretty good. Well, you know, I was going to ask you, Steve, I know you got, you know, the new place, you've been doing some work on it. Uh, I know you've been pretty excited and also tired <laughs> from, yes. from the work on the new place. And I was going to ask you, what are you going to do with your $1,000 freedom dividend? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yes, from uh, the presidential <laughs> candidate Andrew Yang. Yeah, one I of the four. Yeah, one of yeah. the four million people that I think are running for president. Uh, yeah, yeah. To, to let our listeners in on this, he one of his platforms is to give every American family a thousand dollar quote freedom dividend each month. And uh, so I thought I'd have a little fun ask you what you were going to do with your thousand bucks. But doesn't this stuff crack you up? Like where that's something like three billion dollars. I believe annually. And that's crazy. Like, where are we supposed to come up with this money? Yeah, we're already running deficits of several <laughs> right, right. billion dollars. And, you know, yeah, it sounds great. You know, okay, fine. You send it to me. But beware, they're going to have to get it from someplace. Right. And, you know, yeah, you, you can get it. But I, I'm just always <laughs> amazed at where they're just going to dream up all this, this cash to right. start giving everybody. And, you know, when you're running multi-billion dollar deficits, it sounds good, but at some point, something's going to have to give. And and that means taxes will have to go up. So yeah, yeah. they'll give you $1,000 a month, but then they'll put parameters on it saying, oh, well, not everybody's going to get $1,000. Right. Well, it's, a, it's each it's each household apparently is, you know, is his sta- I just think that all this stuff to me, especially when you're in this section of it, and we try to not get too political, but to me, it's just, this is all this just stuff that later on you can go, well, you know, it was a good idea, but it didn't work. It's just a way to get people interested and, and maybe hopefully vote for you kind of thing because it does I don't think it has any merit and any backing that you can actually make happen I mean you're talking about an average of about 200 million homes at a thousand dollars a month I mean really <laughs> yeah I mean come <laughs> Do on the math I, you know and, and if you remember back in the day when they gave us the three hundred dollars or six hundred dollars back in I think 2001 or something like that mm-hmm. and that was really just a credit to your tax return and you didn't really get it. I mean, they were just giving you a credit on your your, right, your right. tax return. So you really didn't, quote, get any money. Right, right. Thought you did, but you really didn't. And that's what this is, you know. Pro- probably, all, right. In every yeah. political season, something comes up. Well, what are you going to give me? And then realities hit when you get to Washington of, well, we can't do that. Right, right, right. So I just, you know, I thought it would be an interesting way to kind of get, kick the show off. That was a headline I had saw a couple of weeks ago. And I thought, wow, that's just kind of interesting. I wanted to talk about that. But anyway, we'll move on and jump into our main topic this week here on the show. I wanted to talk about variables in the retirement planning process, Steve. You know, if the variables were the same for everybody you saw, I imagine it would make your job pretty simple. 
You know, very easy. Yeah, it would be very simple to do that. But I think half of probably what makes it fun is the fact that it is kind of like a puzzle. Each couple is different. Each person is different. Um, and while there are some things that we all share, some commonalities, we say all the time on these types of things that every situation is different. And that's because it's true. You get into it. Once you get into the nitty gritty, you realize that maybe Social Security works this way for that person and that way for this person and yada, yada, yada. So let's today on uh, talk about on the show here some uh, explain why some answers to some of retirement's critical questions can vary from person to person. So these are the retirement variables, income needs. We'll just kick it off right there. That's the easiest way to go. Your income needs, Steve, is different than mine and different than Fred's and Jane's and so on and so forth. Absolutely. And one of the things I always tell people is you need to know how much money you're spending. And interesting, and, and I've been doing this over 23 years, and it's of all the people I've worked with in terms of their retirement planning, they tend to spend about the same amount of money when they retire as when they were working. Now, the money goes in different places, but they tend to want to keep the same lifestyle as they do it. And I have a simple process that I take people through to say, okay, this is how you're going to figure out if you've saved enough. And it's really pretty easy. You have to figure out how much you spend every year. You subtract how much you're going to get in guaranteed income. That's either Social Security or a pension. And that leaves you a number. And then it really breaks down to mathematics. By multiplying what you've saved by, let's say, 4%, uh-huh. will that match how much you're going to need? So example, let's say you need $40,000 a year. You've done the addition, subtraction, and now you need $40,000 out of your savings. Okay. And you've saved a million dollars. All right. Well, you're going to make it because you take 4% of a million, you got a 40,000. Right. However, let's say you've saved a half a million dollars. Well, 4% of a half a million is 20,000. Well, you're 20,000 short. Mathematically, you really are, you're going to run out of money if you take 40 out of that half a million at some point down the line. So, you know, that's a critical part of when you determine your income needs. And so you really need to know how much you're spending, what your guaranteed income is, and then can you really ju- uh, realistically pull that kind of money out out of your savings to maintain your lifestyle? Well, so in, to me, I hear the B word in there, the the budget, you know, and people sometimes go, oh, I don't want to live on a budget. I've worked really hard. I want to be able to do what I want. And I think people confuse sometimes thinking about a budget and thinking about a restrictive budget like this is all you can spend, period, like an allowance or something. And I was going to ask you, I'll, I hear a lot of guys tell people, they advise people to consider, you know, figuring out the ins and the outs, right? The pluses and the minuses, like you're mentioning, and try to, while you're still working a couple of years prior to retirement, live off of that and, and see if that actually does work. So if not, you know, to make adjustments while you're still working. Do you talk about that with clients? Do you think that's something that's useful? Oh, I think it's very useful. You know, you have to kind of, most everybody is going to retire once. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> and only once. don't retire. Unless you're Brett retire. Favre. Unless you're Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> typically it's a, a one-shot deal. And once you retire, you're really kind of retired on what you came from. Now, obviously, if you go work at a Home Depot or something like that, that's different. I'm talking if you go from a, an executive vice president position and you retire, you're probably not going to find another executive vice president position when you're, you know, 65, six, right, seven right. years old. So, yeah, figuring that out. And actually, I'll take people through uh, modeling. We can actually model that and see, okay, you know, this is how much you're going to need and, and where do you think you're going to spend your money and is that going to work? You know, whether you're going to travel a lot, you're going to want to pay off the house, do you have an expensive hobby that you want to start? Something like that. Yeah, you can, yeah. you have to kind of plan for that as well. 
Exactly, exactly. Well, and I think those are some good ideas to think about when you're talking about the variables that could shape your retirement planning process. Taxes is going to be another one. You know, what we're currently paying is historically low. So, you know, do you need to have this conversation about planning for taxes in the future? Absolutely, because who knows what's going to happen? You know, absolutely. One of the things that people don't understand, you have two enemies against your money to live on. Number one are taxes and inflation. Yep. Both of those are going to whittle away over time your buying power, meaning if taxes go up and then inflation goes up. I call them stealth taxes. Um, <laughs> and, and they're going to eat away at your buying power. Right. And taxes your rider at a, a low of 30 plus years. And you know, we all have money that we've, because we've been beating our head to defer the taxes until we retire, because supposedly we'll be in a lower tax bracket. Well, for the people I've worked with, that's not altogether true. They tend, they want to have the same lifestyle in retirement that they did while they were working, which means they're going to stay in the relatively same higher tax bracket. So you have to plan and you have to put your money, maybe you have to start looking at Roths where that none of that money coming out is tax-free. You need to be figuring out, are there ways to convert some of your tax later money, which is like IRA money or 401k money, and get that into a Roth so that ultimately you can start taking out money tax-free. It all takes a plan, just like the income planning, but on tax planning, it also takes a plan. And you need to be able to model that out like I do for my clients. And we can kind of play the games of saying, okay, you can convert this amount. It's not going to impact you that much on taxes, but down the line, it's going to have a huge impact on you of how much taxes you're not going to have to pay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are having, they've had that conversation over the last couple, uh, you know, well, maybe even the last 18 months or so with the taxes being lower and talking about Roth conversions and do we pay the taxes now versus kicking the can and so on and so forth. So I think it's certainly wise to have those chats when you're thinking about these variables that can affect your retirement. And of course, anytime you've got questions or you hear something that's, you know, got your interest up or you're not quite sure, you should always check with a qualified professional, even here with our own podcast. If you're already a client of Steve, you know, follow up with him. If you're uh, new, if someone shared this podcast with you, if you're checking us out uh, from different resources, make sure you give him a call before you take any action at 913-685-3207. That's 913-685-3207. Steve, of course, is the financial coach at Wealth Partners Corporation in the Kansas City area. You can also go to wealthpartnerskc.com. That's wealthpartnerskc.com. And you can check out Steve, his website, as well as a lot of good tools, tips, and resources. And subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Okay, so let's continue on with these variables here, Steve. Let's talk about longevity. All right, so... I'll throw myself under the bus. I think I have before, but I'm definitely a naysayer. Uh, as a matter of fact, last night I was just going through and looking at a whole bunch of my grandfathers and so on and so forth. And only two out of like the 10 that I had found on the list uh, going back 10 generations or 12 generations made it past 80, you know, and I've been saying forever today to my wife that I'm going to probably pass away early, but I don't plan on it. I'm planning to live to a hundred, but I don't think optimistically that I'll live that long, but at least my money's going to be that long. Yeah. And that's a critical part. Plan for the worst right? Uh, means you're living into your 90s and hope for the best that you have good health up until you, the, the time you pass away and you, you have the funds to do it. Right. I've had people tell me, oh, well, I'll be dead by the time I'm 70. Right. You know, that's my me. My dad died at 60. <laughs> my, you know, my mom died at 65. So I should be dead at 70. Well, they're sitting in front of me at 85 and they didn't die early. Right. And right. You can't bank on the fact that your parents and grandparents died early with the modern medicine we have today. 
that's a poor way to plan your financial life in retirement saying, well, I will be dead on this point. Well, what if you're not? <laughs> right, right. I mean, I think you can use it as certainly guidelines. I mean, genetics and family health history and obviously severe genetic issues can also lead to things to at least be wary of. But I think that's my conversation might be better suited to say, are you planning for long term care? Are you looking at things of that nature as well? Not just, oh, I'm going to check out at X number date, because if you knew what date you were going to check out on your retirement planning process would be super easy. <laughs> it could oh, just- I totally agree. Yeah. Long term care or that caring for yourself that if you can't take care of yourself. That's a huge piece. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, a couple other things to think about when you're talking about longevity is, yeah, you're right. Family history, you know, can play a bit of a factor. Current health plays a bit of a factor, uh, but also, you know, like lifestyle. I mean, are you an active person? Are you going to stay active in retirement? You know, thinking optimistically, if you you enjoy retirement, and you're cruising along just fine. Are you going to stay very active as long as you can? Are you more of a kind of you're looking to chill and fish a lot and sit on the front porch or whatever the case is? So just kind of think about some of those things, too, when it comes to retirement variables. All right, Steve, we got to hit the social security question because it always, always, always factors into it. And it's always a variable about when to take social security. It is. And it, and there is no blanket statement of you should take it at X point. Well, I wanted um, a 62, Steve, before the government runs out. <laughs> well, the government's not going to run out. We yeah, hear that one a lot, out, right? But you let know. me assure you, they're in the politician alive that's going to mess around with Social Security. Right. The majority of people, their Social Security is going to be there. Now, the, the government may have, to, may have to borrow a ton of money to make sure it's there, but it's going to be there. But you have to take it on an individual basis. There are rules or taxes that come about if you take it early. Yeah. And you know, you have to understand how that works. And it's individual. As I said, there's no one blanket. You should take it at 62. You know, I know Susie Orman said, oh, you should take it at 62 because, you know, it'll take you so many years if you take it at full retirement age to break even, take it now. Well, right. what if you're still working and you're making 50 grand a year? You're just going to give that back. You're not going to get to keep it. So, it really determines, you know, where your income is, how you have your money allocated, are you still working? How long are you going to keep working? It's an important conversation to have, but yeah, it's it's yeah. based on each individual. There isn't one way I can say you need to take it. Everybody needs to take it at this age. Yeah, other income streams can factor into it, like Steve just mentioned. If you're you know if you're still working or how you're playing that out, you know whether you've got a spouse or not, you know all the, there's so many little things that go into it. The break even point that Steve just pointed out. Everybody's is different, so you're going to want to have those conversations with your advisor. And make sure that you're talking about those. And don't just be one to say, well, I'm going to turn it on as soon as I can because I can. I mean, that may be the right answer, but it may not be either. So just make sure you uh, have those chats. And we'll finish off with one final one, and that's just risk. Uh, how much money should we have at risk when we retire? Traditional, you know, they used to have the, like the traditional portfolios, the 60-40 type of thing. But again, everybody's situation is different. This is why it's a variable. But it's probably a good conversation to have, Steve, right? To say, well, we need to start taking risk off the table as we get closer to retirement. You can take it. You can manage it, though. What yeah, I always true. tell people is, look, you have to have a certain amount of money at risk or in the stock market. And then you balance it off with money that's safe that will get you reasonable growth rates. In years past, that used to be stocks and bonds. And that was the traditional way of doing it. But with the current rates on bonds right now, which are maybe you might eke out one, one and a half percent, that philosophy doesn't work. So, you know, there's a variety of tools that we can use on the safe side that will give you 
safety, but it will also give you reasonable rates of return. But I always say you have to have money in the stock market. And the reason is money in the stock market will go up and down, but over time, it's the only way to outpace inflation in taxes. There, there isn't any other way to do it. And there's another person out there who has this great line. He says, you should be a majority owner in retirement, meaning own stocks, not be a, a loner, which is own bonds. So you should skew your assets towards still owning stocks in the market, but balance out that risk with having safe money, not in bonds, but the other vehicles that are out there that tend to give you no principal loss, but growth that's reasonable. But again, that's safe. That helps balance out that risk. Yeah. And if you do that, you shouldn't panic when the markets start to go up and down. Well, that's a big key for a lot of people. So these are variables that could shape your retirement, everybody. Uh, and I think there's some good information we shared here today on the podcast, The Retirement Pilot. Uh, don't forget, you know, if you uh, if you need to come in and have a conversation or you'd like to, you can receive a complimentary retirement edge process from Steve. Cover all the bases by simply just coming in, getting on the calendar. Uh, give him a call at 913-685-3207 or share this with a, a friend or family member that may benefit as well. 913-685-3207. Uh, when you're on the website and you go to the podcast page to subscribe to the show, which you should be doing, whether it's on Apple or Google or whatever platform you choose. Uh, don't forget that you can also, uh, while you're there, there's a place where you can share that. So you might be able to share that on your Facebook or text it to somebody who you might benefit from it as well. And that's at wealthpartnerskc.com. That's wealthpartnerskc.com to talk with Steve Hoover, financial coach at Wealth Partners Corporation, again in the Kansas City area with his office in Overland Park. Steve, thanks for your time on The Retirement Pilot as always, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Mark. Absolutely. We'll catch you later, folks. Take care, and we will see you next time. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.